The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Hi, I'm Daniel Roth, LinkedIn's Editor-in-Chief. Welcome to This Is Working. On this show, we talk to leaders who change our world. And today, my guest is none other than Robert Downey Jr., now, maybe you clicked on this podcast because you know Robert as an actor, a producer, a pop culture superstar. You're used to seeing him in that Iron Man armor. Today, you're going to meet Robert Downey Jr., venture capitalist and environmentalist. Earlier this year at Davos, he announced the launch of two investment funds. His goal, fight climate change through business innovation. Robert's organization, Footprint Coalition, has already invested in six sustainability startups. Now Robert is working to raise more investment for his vision of a greener future through changing everything from the way we eat to the way we bank. We record these episodes as live shows on the LinkedIn platform. Robert was as excited to be on LinkedIn as we were to have him join us, and you'll hear some of that interaction today. Here's our conversation. Robert, thank you for joining us here today. I'm in a, a lovely, sunny uh, Venice, California at our uh, production offices which are, you know, tentatively back open. Great. Are you like at 100%, 80%? How many people are coming into the office right now? The future is hybrid, my brother, as mm. we all know, right? That's true. Um, I think some places like a big agencies or whatever, and I'm sure folks can relate to this, it's a sliding scale. Some people are saying everybody report for no good reason. Other people are saying as your conscience dictates. All I know is it feels different. And after the longest day of the year, uh, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of different, I would love to talk to you about your career pivot, about what you are focused on right now. You've gone from telling stories and talking about uh, the environment and saving the planet to actually investing in some of these companies, these startups that should make a difference in being able to protect us. So would you walk us through the Footprint Coalition, the founding of it, and exactly what you announced at Davos this year? Sure. Um, well, first, hi, everybody. This is really nice and fun. I'm glad to be joining in. I've known what LinkedIn is for a long time, but I've always felt other. Hmm. Um, so I, I feel uh, I'm, I've finally I've come home to roost with the rest of y'all chickens. The way it timed out as I was wrapping up my Marvel contract, and Remars asked me to be a keynote speaker. I didn't want to just be a celebutant add-on to a bunch of actually smart and better minds talking. So I thought I would announce that I was going to spend uh, about half my waking hours for the next 10 years trying to do my version of tackling this uh, climate crisis, but with a bent towards education, understanding and reframing this ridiculous political polarization of the obvious fact that we can do better. And if we roll up our sleeves, we will. Were you nervous when you made that decision? How do you go from doing something that you've been doing, I think since, since you're like eight years old, to deciding this was going to be a, a new area? You had to understand the science. You had to find the right people, who to trust, where to put your money, because you're not just telling these stories, you're actually investing alongside these folks. Yep. How did you decide that you were up to the task to start doing this? Was, was that a hard decision to make? Inside data, I called up Ashton Kutcher. He said, 
<clears throat> hang up on me and call a guy named Bran Farron. Hmm. Bran Farron was the lead Imagineer at Disney. And now he does a lot of high level military projects. He's one of the great creative problem solvers of our age. 200 plus patents, invented pinch and zoom, uh, amongst other things. And he said, storytelling is storytelling. The real thing behind most startups is at the beginning of their story and how you get the wind in their sails. And I'm used to receiving a lot of pitches in my day job, my production company with my missus. And so we figured, A, it's new territory. We love the people. We love the energy. We love the opportunity. But we're also quite discerning, as one must be. If every project that got pitched to us was a movie or a TV show, there'd be a lot of garbage out there. So we kicked the tires in the same way that we would in our uh, other day jobs. And then for you personally, was it important for you to go from the storytelling to the investment? How did you make that decision to go from being something that you were known for storytelling to now saying, I'm going to start investing in some of these companies? Yeah. uh, When your skin's in it, you kind of get a fire under your tookie and and you pay more attention. And again, for me, you know, the, the best way to activate whatever faculties I have is to commit to jumping in with both feet. The last, I'd say, 18 months have been like a crash course in my incomplete education across the board. And but here I am today, I'm, I'm talking to you. And I expect you never learn anything when you're talking. So I have a couple questions for you, too. I want to hear from the audience. I want to interact. This is the future, dude. You know, yeah. it's like all those paradigms of bureaucratic communication from the top down are over. That is very true. And we are going to get to questions. In fact, let's see who is on the stream right now. We have members and fans joining from around the world. We have Charles from France, Zeke from Ohio, Maria from Brazil, Carlos from Ecuador. Alessandra says she misses seeing you on screen. Paola says, oh, my God, I love you, Robert. And I'm so proud of you tuning in from Argentina. So we have a worldwide crowd here. One of the things you mentioned, you know, getting to know LinkedIn, one of the topics that comes up all the time with people is trying to figure out what they're good at is, fi- is facing this imposter syndrome and, and trying to learn new things also, trying to jump from one industry to the next or move their company in a totally different direction or start a company. So w- would you walk through how you are making these decisions on who to invest in yeah. uh, and just who you want to back, who you want to put your name against? You talked about fielding pitches for movies. Is it similar to how you field pitches from startups? It is. I, I mean, look, Now that there's such a sea change, and I think that this climate fighting everything, I'd rather say climate friendly. I would rather say cleaning up after ourselves. It's like the it's the big make your damn bed movement Mm -hmm. and and leave things better than you found them, which were kind of a mess. So it's a tall order. But the teams that build around these founders uh, make or break the opportunity to bring these technologies and products to scale. And so oftentimes in my business, you invest in a person who you believe that their strengths can be synergized and that there's an opportunity to to do something novel. So I think part of the thing when talking about how do you discern is that the, I think the market is flooded with probably too many people who have good ideas but won't be able to have the muscularity required to bring them to market in a way that makes dollars and cents. Hmm. 
And if I learned anything in my years with Marvel, it's like, unfortunately, until some, you know, utopian next chapter, money moves the needle. Rather, it leverages innovation to become commonplace. And that's something that I learned. There was no Marvel Cinematic Universe 13 years ago. A small group of motivated people bet on each other and, uh, and then worked our asses off for a decade. That's so interesting. Do you see other parallels in how you're doing this? Is part of the goal to have these companies work with each other? Is there a footprint universe you know, uh, th th that you're building here? Or does, do they not have to work together? No, I, I mean, at best, thus coalition. You know, I, I see a lot of folks also tend to, they want the halo effect. They want to be seen as investing in impact funds. But there's still a lot of turf war going on even in the most liberal-minded factions, to not want to share, to not want to see how we can help each other uh, without worrying about the bottom line. In my previous day job, IP is everything. But imagine if this wasn't a Disney product. Imagine if this was the legacy we get to leave our children by showing we abandoned pure profit, though we did well by doing good. And what we sought to do was reach across every aisle that we had ever considered to be the other and start breaking down those projections because this is a full-time job for all of us if we're going to beat the clock. Hmm. You talk about not focusing on the bottom line, but if as you start investing in these companies, don't you have to think about the bottom line? Don't these companies have to make money? I mean, this is not these aren't nonprofits you're you're investing in. These are for you have to think price. about the bottom line for the investors, the people you co-invest in. But well, but look, there's there's two parts to it, right? One is a business model is critical, and then the other thing is what is the new version of a business model that makes sense. You know, we're right uh, up the street from Tom's Shoes. Nobody wanted to give away a pair of shoes for every pair of shoes they sold until this guy said, I'll do it. Look, philanthropy in Hollywood is a, you know, it's a mess because every cause celeb in the world takes hours out of the day of everybody. And I know people and occasionally I've been one who are just rolling phone calls all day long trying to raise money for their causes, this and that. But this collective cause has to be bigger than just the fact that you can do as well in it as you could in the open market. And how are you measuring success? How do you know when you have crossed over? When will you say like, okay, this is now this is now in the mainstream. We now have people who are who want to put their money and their time and their commitment behind what we're doing here. You know that sense, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, why is take seven better than take two? Why is take two better than take 12? In the moment, you get this felt sense of that things are connecting, the data backs it up, the timing is right, and there's a clear communication of what the obstacles are. I think sometimes if something feels good, it's very dangerous. I always say, beware the passion project, my brothers and sisters not because passion projects aren't important, but because you can start making sacrifices that you wouldn't normally make with your discernment in your efforts to want to see this realized. So I'll, I'll say it flat out. I think, you know, I think in the next few years, you're going to see a lot of duds 
going on because people wanted to do something good rather than something that was good business. So I think part of the future is you have to really, really, really drill down and make sure that the companies you back are capable of representing this movement in as ironclad a way as possible. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, more from Robert Downey Jr. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. And we're back. Robert isn't the only Marvel Universe celebrity to make the leap into business. A few years ago, Gwyneth Paltrow joined us to reflect on the founding of Goop. She had a couple of great thoughts on shifting into the business world, and I wanted to get Robert's take on them. She said two things that have always stuck with me. I would love to get your, to see whether you found something similar. One thing is that she said that at the beginning of Goop, she found that people didn't take her seriously because they knew her from, for being super well-known in this other world. And that's all they wanted to talk about. They didn't want to talk about her, her e-commerce company. And then two, and this was still, I think, one of the best headlines written on LinkedIn, is she said, the, the, uh, an article she wrote, it's, the headline was, I walked away from a career where people kissed my ass and I couldn't be happier about it. So I would love to know from you, as you made this career move, has there been anything that surprised you in a good or a bad way in how people react to you as you have moved into this next part of your life? Well, first of all, I want to double back because it was during pre-production for Iron Man 1 down at what is now the YouTube, you know, megalopolis uh but back then it was the uh the hughes aircraft hangars where they built the spruce goose and she was starting this up and she was ahead of the curve and it took her years to gain credibility but she was undeterred because it felt right to her and turns out she was right Uh, for me the future is uncertain but the credibility gap was a bit quicker only because of this strange association with this certain character I played who understood tech and understood how to put it to work for creative and existential problem solving. So we laugh. I, I was at dinner with uh, with her and my missus and her fellow the other night. We were uh, talking to a young, very promising founder of uh, an uh, AI customer service company and then all these other connections happened at the at the dinner table where we realized we had all been on each other's minds in three or five other ways during this day. So, again, it's those moments of undeniable synchronicity 
where you realize that you've kind of caught up with some portion of your destiny. And I hate to bring that into it because it sounds like a feely, touchy-feely granola thing, but it isn't. It is part of what everybody can attest to. You know when things are clicking and the Swiss, the Swiss watch effect happens. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Well, I got to say, for the planet's sake, it's good that Marvel didn't cast you as, you know, a, a serial killer or something. It's good that you can, because of who you were in those movies, you can get these intros. Uh, let's say hi to some members. We have Kenny from Bavaria. Yes, Michael from Colombia. Catherine from Germany. Michael from Ireland. All right. Hermie says, thank you for sharing this timely topic and for being a awesome speaker. I'm joining from the Philippines. Okay. Here are some questions. Jennifer, Vanessa, and Prashant all ask the same question, which is, can you talk about a few investments you were jazzed about? What's the most exciting technology or idea you can share with us? Yes. Well, I'll, I'll avoid this page that says, do not discuss stealth unannounced investments such yeah. as. No. Yeah, it's a, we're, we're family. You can do it here. It's fine. <laughs> Bring it all up. No one's going to say um, Again, Ryan Morris, um, Turntide Motors, uh, high efficiency switch reluctance motors. Andre Cherney, uh, the Neo Bank called Aspiration. I'm actually yep. doing a, a big push with them this week. Got their credit card. Wish I had it in my hand to show you. Insect building the largest bug farm on the planet. I was talking about that on uh, Colbert around uh, about, I think, the Super Bowl last year. And that's going to be farm fish, pet food. And I really, really want to synergize with them and get some performance proteins going because uh, I'm a big fitness guy, but also I want to be the guinea pig out there saying, hey, uh, this works. Uh, at last is making bacon from mycelium, uh, mushroom roots that taste so good. And as my family and I, uh, that's uh, even bear, as my family and I are making the very challenging switch to pescatarian, vegetarian, and eventually vegan with some vacillation, these companies are helping us feel like the future is okay to make those changes that have been uncomfortable before because we should have to sacrifice nothing. It's 2021. Yeah. Everything should be doable. Huh. Yeah, I love that idea. It is possible it doesn't require giving up things. You can still enjoy your bacon and, yeah. uh, and, and make, make the place better. Sarah asked a really interesting question. Did the last year help in furthering the progress of the coalition? Was it easier to brainstorm with the collective hive of people, such as forming venture investment funds? What you know, you announced this before the pandemic, the pandemic hit, and now you were you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting uh, of the actual investing at a time when places were still locked down. So, how has that affected your business? By the way, it's a great question. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I'm really having a good time. Thank you. Hi, love you. Happy Tuesday. Tuesday is the most productive day of the week. Yeah. It's twofold. You know, I, I have not been on a film set for two years. And the first year was really by design. I needed to fall back and, and reassess. And this last year was kind of this great bonus year where in addition to all of the loss and challenge and grief and existential questioning that we all went through, I mean, my God, you know, what a crucible. Uh, was also just like the, the Chinese uh, symbol for uh, crisis in the I Ching is crisis is opportunity. I just seized it and I was a captive audience 
And I let a lot of really brilliant people such as yourself, and I'm sure even some people uh, who, are, who are on right now, knowing it or not, have been influential in reading or following what you're doing. And I just, I just sponged up as much as I could and then try to go back to basics about, okay, what's the next right thing to do here to keep this afloat, make it credible, make it solvent? and uh, make it profitable, interesting, entertaining, and educational. That's great. And, and there's a, a follow-up question comes from Jonathan, which is related to this. Do you have recommendations to begin educating ourselves on green technology and sustainability? Any people you talk to, any books you read, any articles you saw, any people you ran into, if, if you want to tell everyone, like, you have to go and read one thing or connect or follow this one person, you know, what, what would you say? Uh, well, I'll tell you this. Uh, Tom Costigan is a winner. His book, Hacking Planet Earth, we're actually doing a several series with him now, but I've gotten to know him well. And he is a very, very advanced thinker, but he's very uh, approachable. But then there's no one in the last 16 months that I would say shouldn't be part of the conversation. And a lot of the uh, founders and innovators and scientists and even just some of the high level uh, staff at these at these companies that are you know starting to really bring their businesses to scale it's funny you know but but again like the easiest thing to do is take your phone and google your version of the question you think you need answered it's out there somewhere also today when we had done this i'll just say quickly i really want to set up a site or a place where all of us can kind of do our version of Clubhouse, but it's about trying to keep connecting, almost like LinkedIn squared. Yeah. Like, how can we really get face to face and have that intimate and expansive dialogue together? So that's something that I'm, uh, I'm going to task the team with coming up with sooner than later. That's great. I'm sure you'll have a lot of people who want to be part of that. And in fact, Ryan asks, how do we get our company in front of the Footprint Coalition? If you uh, check out uh, fpcventures.com, what the hell is it? I'm looking at my head of social media right now. Footprintcoalition.com. It's that simple, isn't it? Look, that was not on my briefing. So I, you know, no wonder, no wonder I dropped the ball. I want to, I want to ask you too, Dan, you know, like after today, if you would, kind sir. And by the way, I want to thank everybody who is prepping us to get ready for this and all the people who are who are behind the camera and, and watching this. I want to thank you because, you know, it's not easy to streamline this. I would love to ask you, Dan, like, will you please reflect and think about how to help us uh, connect further with the, the bigger LinkedIn uh, family? Absolutely. I've got more tips and tricks for you than you will know what to do with. We will get all of those to you. I work for Um, tips. Yes. (laughs) And we have gone way off script here, which is the best kind of interview. So that's good. Uh, You know, I want to ask, trying to save the planet, trying to invest in these companies and still working in movies. Those are a lot of jobs. Those are a lot of heavy things on your shoulders. What's a typical day like for you? Do you ever unplug or is it one right from one to the other? Do you spend like half your year working on this and half your year working on movies? How are you organizing your life? The future is hybrid. All right. Um, my missus is such a powerhouse. Her show Sweet Tooth is on right now, number one on Netflix. And, blah, 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 and she did uh, Perry Mason last year that I was uh, loosely involved in. 
I think sometimes it's like whoever's hot should be the one pitching. And I have kind of, again, I've, I've slowed the cadence of my, um, of my film and TV career because this has just been obviously the area in which I needed the most prep. Um, but I got big and fun things coming out. And the way that I'm going to do it is I'm not just going to lay around in my trailer between setups anymore. I'm going to be on Zooms and making connections and doing dinners after work and calling overseas when I'm driving to set at six in the morning. It's So this goes back to the answer to a previous question. It's like, how do we do this new normal? It's like we kind of get to create what it is. And as much as that disgust response that we were all having, you know, I know people were going back in the office for the first time. They're like, ugh. But I think that we don't have to be afraid of returning to what seems like the old because the zero point has been reached. The faders have all come down on the control board and we can kind of, you know, create our own reality a little bit more moving forward. But I'm still going to make movies. I still got a ton of fun stuff and things to announce that I'll also bring to LinkedIn at some point. But, you know, my my real mission here is to is to stay under the tutelage of folks like you and to uh, to try to do something big and fun and good that that's a bit of a legacy play for all of us. Yeah, you know, and we, we talk about this as the great reshuffle, this question about everyone's job. It's not just you who is feeling this. As you said, everyone is feeling this right now. We spent this yeah. last year in this very weird, 18 months in this very weird space, and suddenly it, doesn't, it feels like you can't go back to the way things were, and there's just so much change going on, and you are a, a big part of this. I want to ask one more question, and we're going to call out to some, some more people who are on the screen. Yes, um, so one of the things we always like to do on the show is get career advice from people who have been incredibly successful. That obviously includes you. I have to split this in two, actually. When you were talking to young people who want to make it an entertainment, yep. what is your advice? And then what's your advice for people who want to make it in the sustainability space? Well, look, you know, life is always doing something. And uh, tomorrow is like today. It's just a little bit longer. You know, patience is so critical. I think particularly in this information age, um, I was really fortunate in that I came up in a time where it was very competitive and a, a lot of people were multi-hyphenates, had a lot of different skills. And I felt very much like I don't even know how to compete at an entry level in this wildly assertive business. And then I think part of it is you just get seat time, whether it's theater or putting yourself on tape or writing something. I mean, I think there's been an explosion of young artists who've just decided my way in is to write my own ticket. That was not possible 25 years ago. Absolutely not an occurrence. So, but like they always say, sometimes if you have too many options, you won't be satisfied with any one you choose. I think if you put things in several smaller buckets, like these are the things I can do to hone my craft, these are the ways I can try to break into the business. And then these are the ways I can remind myself that life is 70% maintenance and 30% activity. I think uh, Americans in particular tend to be all about output. We have to learn from our, our, our brothers and sisters from uh, older um, cultures that know that input is honestly what's critical, particularly if you're talking about being an artist. Now, as far as the startups and tech and green tech and all that fun stuff, you know, again, I think it's that 
it's a full-time job and you, there's elements of luck, but I think a lot of it just comes down to information is experience nowadays. The more I can soak up, the more informed I can be, then my intuition feels safe to come out and start making connections. That's great. So the secret to success is listening, is being there, is, is, is soaking things up and then pacing yourself. All and survival. Survival. Excellent, excellent advice, Robert. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I want to give a shout out to some more people who are on here. We had so yes, many please. Sonia from Cuba, Kara from Omaha, Jessica from Boston, Muhammad says, you are my hero. Tara says, I love you. Uh, and Karishma says, I can't believe I'm seeing RDJ on LinkedIn. What a great way to end this. Uh, end this but talk. more importantly, look, Bruce Lee's having an ice cream cone. There's a real icon. That's it. That's it. Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us. We will see more of you on LinkedIn. I'll get back to you off camera with some ideas about how to make the most of it. Thank you again for joining us here. This was a blast. Thanks, pal. That was, of course, actor, producer, and venture capitalist Robert Downey Jr. Now, not all of us are as lucky as Robert when it comes to career pivots. As he said, people assumed he was knowledgeable because he played the fictional billionaire Tony Stark. Not bad. But there are ideas that can be leveraged here for the rest of us. How you shouldn't let who you are define who you want to be. And how you can take something you've learned from your past life, like in Robert's case, how to vet projects, and make that skill work somewhere else. Our team at This Is Working is so excited to see what's next for the Footprint Coalition. One of the things that really cracked me up was when Robert asked for my tips on using LinkedIn to reach people with his ideas. I have an even better idea. You teach him. Post what you think Robert should know about how to crush it on LinkedIn by using the hashtag TeachRDJ. We're gonna help Robert Downey Jr. learn the platform together. As always, to get more news and insights on our changing world, you can also follow our main LinkedIn page, which you can find by searching for LinkedIn News. Please share this podcast episode with a friend who wants to combat climate change. I think there's a lot to take away. This is Working is a production of LinkedIn. The podcast was produced by Sarah Storm with help from Dave Pond and Michaela Greer. Joe DiGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of original video and audio. Dave Pond is our technical director. I'm Dan Roth, LinkedIn's editor-in-chief. Stay strong. See you soon.